Um, since we have paper, we're going to do a little activity. So turn it to your blank side. What I want you to do is to draw a portrait of someone. I don't care who it is. It could be Patrick Mahomes. It could be Quentin. I don't care. Katie tro chose to draw me last time. I don't, I don't think you're going to do better than this. So you might as well not try. Um, <laughs> so go ahead. Take the next 30 seconds. Pick someone. It could be a stick figure. It can be just a face, a profile, whatever you want to do. Give me your best portrait that your hand has to offer. Don't worry, it's only going to get worse. So hopefully you have a good baseline here. <laughs> a decent baseline, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Once you're done, you can show your beautiful creation to the person next to you. Go ahead and, yeah, pat yourself on the back. I'll give you about 20 more seconds. Okay, put your finishing touches. Okay. Now draw a line or box around your picture. Okay, when you're done with that, look up at me. I want to see people's eyes. Okay, now what I want you to do is close your eyes and do the exact same thing. Draw that same picture. Let's see it. Close your eyes. No peeking. No peeking. Not even a little bit. I shouldn't see your eyes moving. Well, stick yeah, that's not bad. Is that Mike Wazowski? Oh my, that's your... Yep, yeah, I'm just focusing on that. Alright, now go ahead and show your beautiful artwork to the person next to you. Katie did this wonderful drawing of me. The teeth are a little, they're floating. They're floating. <laughs> I know. The fact that you even tried with the teeth. <laughs> Let's see it this time. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> and Adam. We got Adam here. Yeah, that's beautiful. Okay. So, we see here that clearly, hopefully your first drawing was better than your second one. If not, then we have some bigger issues. Uh, wisdom and light help us navigate this world. Wisdom allows us to see the possible pitfalls that are in front of us, and we make better and clearer decisions in the light and with wisdom. So Solomon has agreed, and I think we can agree this is not rocket science here. So let's go ahead and move on to verses 14 through 17. 
The wise person has eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. Yet I also knew that one fate comes with them both. So I said to myself, what happens to the fool will also happen to me. Why then have I been overly wise? And I said to myself that this is also futile. For just like the fuel, there is no lasting remembrance of the wise, since in the days to come both will be forgotten. How is it that the wise person dies just like the fool? Therefore, I hated life because the work that was done under the sun was distressing to me, for everything is futile in pursuit of the wind. So here, Solomon goes dark again, and we see that wisdom, although um, good, is not what saves us. You can be the wisest person, the smartest person in the world, and that is not going to be what saves you. Um, if Albert Einstein is not a Christian, he is not going to be spending eternity with Jesus. And we know that death is the great equalizer. There's no way to cheat this. Not through wisdom and not through intelligence. There's no way to cheat death. And so we can tell that Solomon does not seem like the happy guy. Um, but we, here in the next few verses, we'll see his solution in the next section. So in verse 18, it says, I hated all my work that I labored at under the sun because I must leave it to the one who comes after me. And when we think about our culture today, um, we, this idea of the American dream comes to mind. We live in a society that's consumed by it. We want to live in a nice house that's surrounded by a nice picket fence that has a big flat screen TV um, with a nice car and a lake house with a nice condo, um, or better yet, a, a nice vacation home. And I don't know if your story is anything like mine, but um, I grew up in a family that was constantly focused on work. Um, and work isn't a bad thing, we're going to talk about that in a second, but um, we're obsessed with it because we're obsessed with things. Um, sometimes, like, when we go on vacation, parents that can't put work aside, or at the dinner table, when um, a parent continues to answer a phone call, they can't put work aside. And work is actually a good gift from the Lord. When we see in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, the first two chapters of the Bible, God actually instituted work. Um, it's before the fall, so it's not a sinful thing. It's not because of the fall of humanity. Work is a good gift from God, but like every good gift, we take it and we make it to be a God. We become obsessed with it. Um, and that's why many of ourselves, even, or our parents, can't seem to f set the phone down. They can't seem to stop checking email. Um, and we rationalize the fact that we're an overworked society. We normalize these things, and we normalize the fact that work never stops. And actually, this is nowhere in the Bible. We see that work is a good thing, but not the obsession with work. And I don't know, some of you probably have a job in here. Um, a lot of what consumes people your age is school. And the same thing can be said about school, is the hours and the mental... Time you take thinking about school, completing school, actually in school, um, can become a God. Um, and so we see here that when we take this good gift that God has given work and make it into a God, then this it just turns into this cycle where it never stops and we're not happy. Um, 
And it's ironic in our society because we work so much that we don't even get to use our vacation time. And then we work so much that we don't even get to use the things that we work for, our possessions. And then we hold out waiting for retirement that maybe we're not even promised. Um, we don't know if we're going to make it to retirement. Um, but we, we put all of our eggs in that basket in America um, and that is not the ideal that the Lord has for us. He has created work to be a good thing, but he also created rest and play. I think we forget about that. God created rest and play as a good thing. Um, I think sometimes we think of that as lazy um, in our society, but actually, no, God created those things. And we become consumed with work, and at the end of the day, why? Um, this is kind of the question that Solomon is um, consumed with why? Why are we so obsessed with these things that are going to just fade away? Um, and it's not that excellence in the workplace is a bad thing. It's not that wanting to get um, a promotion is a bad thing or a sinful thing, but when that becomes what consumes us, that's wrong. And that's kind of like what Tim talked about today at Sunday um, at church is just that the love of Christ should be the things that the thing that consumes and compels us, not the love of finding the perfect career, finding the perfect degree. Those things can become so consuming, especially for those of you who are seniors or even juniors in here. Those things can just start to crowd into our lives and push out the things that really matter. So um, Solomon's going to address this in verses 19 and 20. And he says, Who knows whether he will be wise or a fool? Yet he will take over all my work I have labored at skillfully under the sun. This too is futile. So I begin to give myself over to despair, considering all my work that I have labored at under the sun. So the crazy thing about Solomon, so he's a real person in real time in history. He has this son. And a foreign nation came in, and took all of Solomon's possessions after Solomon died. So literally one generation after Solomon, the, like what, one of the wealthiest people in the Bible, foreign generation comes in and steals and conquers um, all of Solomon's people and his son. This, is ha this happens in 1 King. So literally all of like this existential questions that Solomon is asking about, it comes true for him, his very next generation. Um, so the, the thing that us people obsess over, work and money, that literally can be gone in an instant. Um, and I was reading a commentary, and he said it this way. God allows us to feel the meaninglessness of our efforts in order to drive ourselves to him. God allows us to feel the meaninglessness of our efforts in order to drive ourselves to him. All right, verses 21 through 24. When there's a person whose work was done with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and he must give his portion to a person who has not worked for it, this too is futile and a great wrong. For what does a person get with all of his work and his efforts that he labors at under the sun? For all his days are filled with grief, and his occupation is sorrowful, even at night. His mind does not rest. This too is futile. There is nothing better for a person than to eat and drink and enjoy his work. I have seen that even that even this is from God's hand. Okay, so we see that Solomon calls the reader to be content and to be satisfied with the gifts that God gives. His blessings, his gifts should bring us to worship him. 
Like God created this beautiful earth. We see this in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And we get a tiny taste of what that looked like when we read um, Genesis 1 and 2 before it was touched by sin. And it was filled with things that could have brought Adam and Eve joy. Yet they refused it. They turned the other way. Um, They worshipped the gifts instead of the creator just like we do. And we look to created things for satisfaction that only God can give. And so the last few verses of this um, say, Because who can eat and who can enjoy life apart from him? For the person who is pleasing in his sight, he is wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and accumulating in order to give to the one who is pleasing in God's sight. This too is futile in the pursuit of him. And I love that, that verse. It says, because who can eat and who can enjoy life apart from him? And this morning as I was struggling to come up with a way that God was um, in my life, a way that I saw a blessing from God, I was just struck by the, this idea of like enjoying like food that God has given us. Um, like God is the one that get like created taste buds. Have you thought about that? Like God is the one that created the sense of smell. And so you could literally be eating, like, I don't know what manna from heaven tastes like. I don't imagine it tastes very good, but maybe it did. I don't know. But like a piece of chocolate cake or like a taco from Taco Bell. I don't know. Your favorite food. If it been, maybe a corn dog from Sonic. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if you think about that corn dog could taste like a piece of like glue or something. I don't know. Something nasty. If it weren't for the good gift that God has given us in taste buds, and that's just like, he didn't need to do that. Like, he didn't need to give us taste buds to taste that delicious corn dog. Like, he didn't need to give us a sense of smell or, like, sight to see his beautiful creation. And, like, those are things that we just overlook so easily. Just, like, the basic things in our lives. Like, those are gifts from the Lord. Like, And here I am this morning, unable to think of a good gift that God has given me. And I don't even need to, like, look much farther than my kitchen. (laughs) Like, the people that he has given me are literally a room, like a sanctuary full of people that I care about. And the work and the food that he's blessed me with. And, like, the love that he's allowed me to experience. These are all amazing gifts from God. And yet, I have fallen into the trap that Solomon describes. I just want more. Like, I'm not pleased with what I have. I just want more. I want things to make me happy. And all of those things blinds me to God's goodness. Um, that, that constant thought in my mind, more, more, better, better, that blinds me to God's goodness. And I trick myself into thinking that I need X, Y, Z to make me happy when that thing just really won't ever satisfy me. And so I just like stand here convicted in my own life like god knows the depths of my heart he knows how quick i am to be dissatisfied in a lot of situations and yet here he is like patiently continually pursuing me um pursuing you despite your sin and your brokenness like Despite all the things that we turn to, God is still pursuing you and wants more and more of you. And that's my prayer for myself and for you, is that we have talked about these themes really since we've started Ecclesiastes. A lot of this is very similar, 
But it's like taken me four weeks into studying scripture to like really grapple with the fact like even on Sunday morning, like before that I give um, this message, like I'm still not, I'm still not getting it. And so I um, challenge you all like, just just surrender those things that are holding you back that feel like like just even think about the question like where do you feel like God's holding out on you that prayer request if you believe that God is all powerful and all loving like surrender that prayer request to him um and so I just take I just really want to challenge you guys with this text and I know that I've been challenged by it too um Take it this week. Think about it. Pray about it. Um, talk to your D group leader about it. Talk to your friends about it. Uh, we want this just to be more than like a 20-minute thing on a Sunday night. So I'll pray for us, and then we can break to D groups. God, um, Lord, my heart just is so prone to look for ever, other things for satisfaction. Lord, and how offensive that must be to you whenever I go elsewhere, Lord. So I just pray that I would surrender more and more of my heart to you. And I pray that same thing for students here, whatever that may be. Each person you have created uniquely, and um, we have our own unique sin struggles and pitfalls, Lord. I just pray that we'd walk in the light and that we'd want to draw near to you, that we'd want to come to you for our satisfaction. We pray just for that surrender, Lord, and we thank you that you pursue us despite the fact that we mess up, despite the fact that we turn from you. We praise you that you love us. In your name I pray, amen. You guys can head to D groups.